What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood, broadcasting live from the wrestling capital of the world, Chicago, Illinois. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, brought to you by Manscaped, manscaped manscaped.com. Use my code HOOD, H-O-O-D, and get 20% off. Listen, guys, you need some help down there. You know what I'm talking about. You got to make sure you get those hairs done below the waist. It's the best in below-the-waist grooming. Also, for those nose hairs, those picky nose hairs, and everything else you need for grooming, especially below the waist, it's manscaped.com. Use my code HOOD. Go to manscaped.com, look for yourself, and you're going to be saying, man, I need some help. And my significant other will be very happy to see that I'm not the hairy ape, the hairy being that I am uh, around the house. So check it out. Again, manscaped.com, and use my code HOOD. Get 20% off your order. Order it for yourself or someone else. Glad that you're in today here on this uh, Tuesday afternoon, February 8th, as we talk about the best in sports entertainment slash pro wrestling. Don't forget to go to my Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. That's WrestlingTWT. Man, if you go to my Instagram and Twitter, I want you to, to subscribe, lock in on Instagram and Twitter. Because when you do, you'll see my link tree in my bio. And that's where we have our TWT merchandise. You know, T-shirts. We've got hoodies, we've got sweatshirts, we've got mugs, we've got tumblers, muscle t-shirts for the spring and summer when it gets warm. Check it out. Again, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday merchandise is available right now. Go there. There's some specials for you. I think it's affordable just for the average person, the average wrestling fan. I just want you to represent the podcast that you go to for professional wrestling, wherever you're listening to us from across the country. Thank you so much for listening as always. Thank you for downloading the podcast. But I want you to represent wear a Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday t shirt, a sweatshirt, a hoodie, whatever you have. It's your way of telling everybody, hey, this is the podcast. It's a sleeper. It's Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. As we continue to grow every single month on this podcast, I thank you for telling people about this particular wrestling podcast. And by the way, speaking of this show, we had two fantastic guests. One is Powerhouse Hobbs, and the other one was Serena D, both from AEW. AEW was just uh, in town at the Wintrust Arena in Chicago, and so AEW said, would you like to talk to Powerhouse Hobbs? I said, yes. And then that was a terrific interview. That got picked up by a couple of wrestling publications. Uh, Thank you, Wrestling Inc. 
and also uh, Wrestling 411 for picking up the interview. They were uh, transcribing some of the answers from Powerhouse Hobbs, and so that was a fine interview. So thank you guys for checking that out. Uh, and also Serena Deeb. That was a very interesting interview as well. I'll tell you this before we go into our show. If you heard that interview with Serena Deeb, and I hope that you did because it really talked about not just her time in AEW right now, but also her time in the Indies wrestling in the Chicagoland area um, for Shimmer uh, and what she's going through as a wrestling um, personality. And now that she's a total metamorphosis of what she was five or 10 years ago, I mean, she is really getting over in AEW as the woman of a thousand holes, a professor of Serena D. But I don't think she'll mind me telling this story. Show you how professional Serena Deeb is. If you listen to the interview, you notice that she pauses a few times. There might have been some sniffles there. While we were doing an interview, early in the interview, she found out one of her friends passed away. And she just powered through the interview anyway. And then afterwards, when we were off and uh, we were putting this interview together to put on the podcast, she was like, you know, I'm sorry. You know, and she told me the story about someone in her life that passed away and she powered through the interview anyway. Um, that's just a hell of a text message, a shitty way to do an interview with just, a you know, a mark like me. You know, I just wanted to talk to her about her career because I think it's fascinating. And then she could have easily ended the interview, say, hey, I got to handle this. And she just kept it going. I don't know who it was, but I just wish her well because she, I mean, she's so professional and she did the interview with me anyway. So I just wish the best for Serena D in the loss of her friend uh, at the time that we talked last week. So um, but I just want to share that story because. You know, there was some pauses in the conversation and she was concerned about how she came across and she was great. I thought it was a fine interview um, because it told me a lot about her and what she wants to accomplish not only now, but moving forward in her career. So thanks to, to Serena Deep and Powerhouse Hobbs for answering some uh, quality questions, I thought, on my part and some things that had to be asked and they answered them well. So uh, AW's got some really terrific wrestlers that do well in these interviews and long form conversations. So I really like that. OK, don't forget our YouTube page as well. YouTube.com. Go to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hey, we are growing on the YouTube page. Thanks to Pat, the designer, for helping me out there with that. Uh, and thanks for, to you for subscribing. If you have not done so by now, go to YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. And uh, we just continue to crank out content there as well. Um, let's talk about a number of things here. This is going to be a news and notes show of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. No big picture stuff. Just things I want to talk about off the top of my head. We'll go to the WWE and talk about Ronda Rousey for a second. So it's locked in now that Ronda Rousey is back. She's wrestling on house shows in preparation for her match at WrestleMania against Charlotte Flair. And we also know that Goldberg stepped to Roman Reigns and said that Roman Reigns is next for the Universal Championship. And I believe that matchup is going to be at Elimination Chamber. And I just kind of rolled my eyes at the whole thing, right? So let's start with Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, last time that we saw her in a WWE ring, fans were booing Ronda Rousey. Or uh, or on top of that, she's been hassled and harassed on social media because she's from the outside. She's an MMA person. She's not a sports entertainer. Well, I mean, she is in the WWE, but of course, in the general sense, fans look at her and it's like, okay, you're an outsider. What are you doing, right? And then Goldberg returning again 
and this time against Roman Reigns. I think it is compelling for Vince McMahon to continue to go to the old well to try to fill in the spots for WrestleMania. And if I'm one of these wrestlers that's busting their ass week in and week out, trying to perform on Raw and SmackDown or 205 Live or the main event or or NXT, NXT UK, if I'm one of these wrestlers, I'm saying to myself, man, can I, can I ever get over in this company? Could I ever be in a scenario in which I'm in a semi-main event? Can I be in the middle of the card and pay dividends for the company? Can I be the reason why people tune in because it's something new and fresh? And the WWE continues to slam the door on these situations, on these opportunities for some of these wrestlers. Listen, if you and I ran a company, we knew that everybody can't get over. You know, if we ran a company, you and I could not get, we can get people over, but everybody can't be champion and everybody can't be at the top of the card. And I totally understand that. But I really believe that in the history of the business, and maybe not the WWE lately, clearly, but in the history of the business, if someone is performing well in the mid-card, they work their way up the card so they can actually be in a position to win a championship. And that's just not the case in the WWE. It should never be a surprise to any of us that when it comes around WrestleMania season, that here comes the old wrestlers, those that we haven't seen in a while or those that just come around during this time of year and they fill slots for Vince McMahon. Wrestlers that he trusts that are off for 10 months, 11 months at the time, and here they come rolling out for the Saudi show and for the Elimination Chamber and for WrestleMania. And it is ridiculous to me at this point. Right. When I saw Goldberg roll out there and confront Roman Reigns, I'm like, really? Again with this uh, Goldberg again, you're piping in the crowd noise and say Goldberg, the people in Denver, I believe that's where Raw was. People in Denver, some of them were chanting Goldberg. But I mean, there are no more five star matches or great matches or memorable matches with Goldberg unless they're jokes. He's not out there for a 20-minute classic. He's not out there for a five- or seven-minute classic lately, right? When he took on The Undertaker at Saudi Arabia, that should have been the end. Like, okay, you can't be out here seriously in a match. But he keeps coming out there because he looks young enough and passable enough to wrestle uh, in one of these matches. And it's just kind of like, how many times are you going to go that well? But this is what the WWE does. Ronda Rousey, I'm sure there's good wrestling left in Ronda Rousey, and she's going to be in tag team matches and six-man six man tag team matches to try to hide some of the things that she can and cannot do as she gets the ring rust off and is going to take on Charlotte Flair. Whatever you think of Charlotte Flair, she's one of the very best in the business, and she's going to take on Ronda Rousey, who in her debut was really, really solid, one of the best debuts I've ever seen for someone of her stature because she was in a tag team match and Triple H and Steph worked really well with Ronda Rousey. And now one-on-one against Charlotte Flair. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what Charlotte's going to do in that match, but does Ronda Rousey need to be able to go to the head of the line over so many other women that's been in the company? It's pretty clear that for Vince McMahon, he's looking at star power more so than actual wrestlers that's already in his company. And 
I push back on that only in this regard. I think that you, have, if you have a roster of wrestlers, men and women, and they wrestle every single week, and you see the crowd get it over, or these case, in this case, now in 2022, you look at the social media, look at the algorithms or the ratings, whether or not they pop or not, whether or not people are talking about them on YouTube or whatever else that they measure as far as popularity for these shows. I don't see how there's the, the, an entire roster of wrestlers are not over, you know, like, like I would say like 95% of the roster is not over enough to be able to ma- be in the main event of WrestleMania or the main event of Ele- Elimination Chamber. I don't understand how that could be. I don't know by now how Damian Priest or Dolph Ziggler or Finn Balor or Joe and Mark Coffey or Gunter Walter uh, Kevin Owens or Ali or Montez Ford or Nakamura or Tyler Bate or Braun Breaker or one of these Usos. I don't know how those wrestlers cannot be in prominent positions in 2022 and says, hey, this is new and fresh. Dolph Ziggler being in the title picture would be new and fresh because we haven't seen it in a long time. Not one of these one-offs, you know, where they need him to fill in here and there. For him to be busted down to this NXT 2.0 is a joke, right? It's a joke. The guy's been here for a long time, and I just will not buy the whole thing where when Bully Ray from SiriusXM's Busted Open says, well, you know, Dolph Ziggler is a good hand, and so that's the curse. Nah, it's bullshit. No, Dolph Ziggler, whether or not he reminds you of Shawn Michaels or not, can he can work. And even Dolph thinks it's a joke now because he knows he's good. He just can't get over it because he's too good. That doesn't make sense. If the guy can give you a five-star match and, and uh, really make you suspend your your belief, then I think that he deserves the opportunity to wrestle. But it just this is the way the WWE does business. These names I just mentioned are off the top of my head. Could you imagine Nakamura, no matter if he's with Rick Boogs or not, could you imagine Nakamura being in one of these main slots and seriously contending for a championship and not some f- fake IC title or some, you know, secondary or, or third or fourth ranked title in the WWE? Nakamura was a killer in New Japan. Now, kind of a rock star, you know, pseudo faux rock star that can work but he doesn't have any of the style he had from New Japan. And AJ Styles, I can throw him in there as well. It's not like he's never been champion before, but I'm just saying that you look at some of these names, and I mentioned some of these NXT UK people too, because it's new and it's different. And it's okay to have new and different. Here's why it's okay to have new and different. It's because the fans aren't going anywhere. There's not one person that's listening to this podcast that says, you know what, Hood, Damian Priest is in the title picture. I'm done with the WWE. You know what, this Dolph Ziggler, he's been under the company for 20 years. I'm not going to believe in this guy. What? He's going to take on Roman Reigns. What? He's going to take on Bobby Lashley for the championship and have a serious program? No, I'm turning this off. Uh, no, wait a minute. Wait, Kevin Owens is in a, a position to win the WWE championship? No, I'm not going to watch this. That's not happening because the loyal WWE fan is going to watch no matter what. 
and a sidebar to this is that when you have champions, and I told you this before a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, that when you have someone like Big E, who was a great representative for the WWE, yes, he had a short title reign, but he was a great representative for the WWE in that he would go to college game day. He went to MMA events. He went to boxing events. He was on The Breakfast Club, the talk show in New York. Uh, he, he was in a number of places representing himself as African-American and very rare uh, being the WWE champion. It, it, does, has, it doesn't happen every day in the WWE. It, it has happened, but it doesn't happen every day in the WWE. And so that just made him unique. That made him stand out more, the way he was able to speak for himself and for the company and just put a new... Uh, coat of paint on the WWE with him being the champion, right? They take the championship off of him. Is he anywhere around the title picture? Is is Biggie anywhere around the title picture? Now, I'm not jumping the gun. I'm just talking about what's happening now in February. Maybe something happens in you know, May, June, July, in a SummerSlam down the line. I doubt it, though. Bianca Belair loses in, the, in less than a minute against um, Becky Lynch, loses her championship, has... Bianca Belair, but anywhere around the title picture since. I mean, seriously, around the title picture where it's like, yeah, a rematch is going to happen. Has not happened. So I just want to point these things out where Big E was new and fresh. Bianca Belair, and believe me, when I first saw her, I didn't get it. I think I might have said that before. I didn't understand it when she was at NXT. I'm like, what is this supposed to be with the long braid? And, you know, what is she doing? Yeah, I called her Gina from the Martin show because that's how she would talk. Uh-uh, you don't even go here. Uh-uh, Martin. I mean, that's what I thought she was when she first came to WWE. I didn't get it. And now I see her and it's like, okay, the athleticism, uh, how flashy she is and how she resonates with so many people, women on social media and people on social media. Um, guys want to be with her. Women want to be her. You know, it's kind of that kind of uh, vibe with her. So I get it. I understand. But but my point is, though, is that, you know, Big E and Bianca and I mentioned Nakamura, Tyler Bate and the Coffee Brothers and uh, Gunter and uh, Dolph Ziggler, Braun Breaker. All these people could be new and fresh on the scene in 2022. Robert Roode, I could throw him in there as well. You know, it was, it was kind of cool at the Royal Rumble to see Robert Roode and AJ Styles look face-to-face. I think they battled just for a second. And the people in St. Louis were chanting TNA. Because even the people in St. Louis is just like, yes. Remember when these dudes were in TNA? And it was kind of like, wow, we haven't heard a TNA chant in a long time, right? But just because it was just a new battle, something people hadn't seen in a while, people were chanting for that. And I just thought that that was cool. So I'll just put a bow on this by saying that no matter what, right? Ronda Rousey returning to take on Charlotte Flair. I don't know what that match is going to look like. Because, you know, everybody wants to see Becky against Charlotte Flair. Everybody wants to see that again. Or everyone wants to see Charlotte against, you know, someone else. But it's it's Ronda Rousey. Okay? Right? You're trying to make her out of Rowdy Roddy Piper, and she's far from that. She's far from that. That she has to force a smile. Because she is so disenchanted with the fans. You and I, the fan. Because she wants to be a heel so bad. 
uh, because she feels like she gets so much backlash from wrestling fans that she has to put a smile on her face and she's got to slap hands with the fans when she goes down to the ringside because, well, she can't have boo-boo face when she's trying to be, when they bill her as a baby face. So I find it all interesting. Congratulations to Keith Lee and, and Mia Yim. They got married. They got they tied the knot. Saw some pictures from Shelton Benjamin. I guess he was there as well. So I thought that was just very, very cool to see. Let's talk about Shane McMahon for a second. Shane McMahon is no longer with WWE. And it's I can understand if he walked out on his own, but kind of like let go or told to go home by Vince McMahon, his dad? What is this? The show Succession? You're telling his son to fuck off? Like, you used to get that on Succession? That Have you ever seen that show on HBO? Really, really good show. I'm, I've just got into the third season of it. It's a really good show. Um, it's about media. About a media empire. A dad and just trying to figure out who's going to be next in his family to try to take over the media empire. Uh, it's a very interesting show. Succession on HBO. Shane McMahon is no longer with the WWE. And some thoughts now from Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer of why that is the case. Was Shane McMahon a problem behind the scenes at the Royal Rumble? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he it, it was it was weird because um, he just like tried to take charge. But his ideas were pretty much, you know, to, for himself and then people were just going back and forth and constantly changing when people would come in and when people would go out and um vince kept overruling shane and brock got involved and vince again would rule you know go with brock because brock was going to win the thing and you know vince's ideas basically and then it's always been it's like this is the wrestlemania main event and it's like the main event draws the money so we do everything to build the main event as strong as possible. You know, it's like you're, you know, other people will want to build the whole card. But Vince has always been because historically that's what wrestling has been. A big main event will draw big. It doesn't matter. The undercard just like in a fight, you know, in a fight. Um, you know, the biggest WrestleManias were Rock and Cena. It didn't matter what the undercard was. The Trump and Vince thing, you know, it didn't matter what the undercard was. Um, you know, that's the real, when you have that real big match. And he's, you know, I mean, the thing with Lesnar and Reigns is, it's like these, it's it's like yes in this run it's only the second it was supposed to be the third because they were supposed to do January first to be the second, but the first one you know did way way over usual business for a Saudi show and then the second one did way way over business for for a B pay per view so way over so the first matches meant a lot you know meant way more than they normally would but. WrestleMania usually is also the first one, not the third one, or in this case, this, it ends up being the second one. Um, but, but you know, it's still the thing. It's like the whole year climaxes with this WrestleMania match. And so um, the key thing is to make Roman shine and to make Brock shine. To make Roman shine, they wanted him to destroy Seth. Shane wanted Seth in the Rumble, so that was a big fight um, because they wanted to destroy Seth to the point where, you know, it'd be stupid for him to be in the Rumble. Then again, two days later, he's on television, and he's fine. So I, I don't, you know, I don't get that either. Um, and, you know, if you try to analyze WWE for logic, you're going to end up being perplexed every time. And then Brock, you know, Brock's going to run in there, and he's going to destroy everyone because that's the deal. The only one he wanted to sell for was Drew because he likes Drew. And he probably would have sold more for Drew, except they were running out of time. So that's he sold as much as he was going to. And he's going to destroy everyone. I think Shane probably wanted to, 
you know, he knew he was going to get eliminated, but I'm sure he wanted to like get advantages on Brock. And I don't think that, you know, Vince thought that was a good idea at all. And I'm sure Brock didn't either. And, um, you know, that's, you know, I mean, there was a lot of fault to go around and, um, but yeah, I mean, it was bad enough that Vince sent Shane home and, and Shane's no longer with the company. So, um, to do that, with your own son, I mean, it had to have been very bad. And I kept hearing how unprofessional I did have people who, who contacted me, who backed up Shane, but they were also the people who backed up Shane were, were the ones that said that the villain was Lesnar, not realizing that if there's a villain in the end, it's Vince. Yeah. I mean, Le- Lesnar can give all the, the suggestions that he wants, but Vince has to approve them. Um, you know, Lesnar was not the guy running it. Vince was running it. Shane wasn't the guy running it either. And at the end of the day, if you're going to blame the match for not being good, that's on Vince. That's not on Shane. Okay. Because Vince, Vince had the final word. So blaming Shane for the rumble would be a scapegoat, but it wasn't, it was more for his behavior. Um, and all the infighting and the complaining and things like that. That's probably what he was, you know, maybe, you know, your job there is also to protect Vince, and um, not say, well, I wanted to do it this way, but Vince overruled me. Your job is to take the heat and keep the heat from Vince. And he perhaps did not do that. And that's one of the things <laughs> where, you know, I think that 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 um, that kind of befell um, many people in that company over the years that are no longer there is they had that certain role. And um, they sometimes said, hey, you know, it's not my idea. It's Vince's. And, and that's not what you're supposed to say. And, um, you know. That's why, like, Nick Khan's very good at this because all the stuff that you hear that's negative on Nick Khan, it's always Nick Khan, Nick Khan, Nick Khan. And it's just like, it's Vince. Every single one of those moves is Vince, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and the thing is, but Nick Khan knows his role. And he'll he'll, all right tell you that his role is, is that if anything bad happens, you blame it on me. That's my role. And he gets it. That's why he's company president. You know, it's like all the budget cuts are Nick Khan, right? And it's like, no, they're all Vince McMahon, every single one of them. Yeah. You know, he, he chooses who gets cut. He chooses how many people get cut. He chooses, you know, everything. Nick Khan, does Nick Khan have a, have a, uh, make suggestions as far as cutting some people? Um, or, I mean, Nick Khan certainly had a situation where he, got rid of people who had been there for years and replaced them with his own people. Absolutely. That happened. But I mean, as far as wrestlers who were cut because of salary, that's Vince McMahon. I doubt Nick Khan is even seriously in the discussions of who gets cut. Now he may be, he's, he may very well and probably is in the discussions of we're going to cut this much money. And, but Vince ultimately decides how much money is cut. It's, he can suggest, and as far as who, when those that when those numbers are crunched and gets cut, that's Vince. But you know that's that's WWE. You know it's like well yeah, when I got like the whole thing blaming Brock, it's like ah, it's freaking another guy blaming John Laurinaitis, and <laughs> you know and you know what I mean like we've had for twenty years and still will always have. And I always think it's like the craziest thing in the world that that like fans and um, and even you know even more wrestlers, you know. Um, you know, when they start complaining about like, like, you know, just everything, whenever you complain about this guy and it's just like, it's Vince, you know, okay, Vince but makes do, you the think, call. do you think the wrestlers do that because they don't know or because they're being strategic for when the opportunity to come back? Both. Um, um, but I think there's, the, because Vince is nice to them. Vince is nice to them. Yes. 
But the thing is that Vince knows who he wants to cut. Interesting thoughts from Dave Meltzer and Garrett Gonzalez on the Wrestling Observer radio show talking about that. Just very briefly, I think that's something that you and I both knew, but it's good to be able to hear that out loud from someone that's been covering the business for as long as Meltzer. Yeah, whenever you see something happen in the WWE, the chairman knows about it. But uh, Nick Khan is the president of the company, the CEO, the guy who owns the company, knows exactly what he wants to do with the WWE. And so, but the Shane thing is his son. You can't like have your son do something else in the company without saying, hey, he screwed up the Rumble. He screwed up the flow of the Rumble, so go home. I mean, seriously? Boy, that's business, isn't it? I love how it was uh, rumored on social media. Like, I've seen these pictures of Shane McMahon, (laughs) like A.W., and Shane McMahon is all elite or Shane McMahon controlling your narrative. We've seen these things with EC3 and uh, the old uh, Braun Strowman and a few others that are part of this, I guess, a show a movement um, and with AC3 and with Braun Strowman and others control your narrative and that like Shane McMahon would be behind that. If Shane really genuinely is not in the company, if he's not doing anything, has no ties with the WWE, if I'm Shane, and if you still love the business, do your own thing. What What's going to happen, right? You know he's a multimillionaire. I'm sure that he his kids, his kids' kids are taken care of because of the WWE. Uh, will uh, A will that's written by Vince McMahon or not, Shane should be able to do his own thing. Could you imagine if that was that power struggle of Shane McMahon going against his dad and doing his own thing in wrestling, having his own image? I mean, Shane McMahon was the first person, the first guy with the idea of going digital, having the uh, ECW 2.0 be a digital show and not on sci-fi like it was, and it flopped. You know, he he had so many other ideas that was way ahead of, uh, of schedule, way ahead of everyone else uh, because Vince McMahon didn't see it. And Vince went against uh, Shane's wishes. Could you imagine if there really is a beef between Shane and Vince and that Shane did his own wrestling show? Not necessarily just hopping on AEW, but just doing his own thing. That would be amazing. Really would be amazing. Speaking of something new in the w- of uh, AEW, no, I don't expect on Wednesday the 9th for Shane McMahon to come to AEW. If he did, holy bleep, the internet would melt. But there's going to be someone new coming to AEW. A big announcement by Tony Khan the last few days. And by the time you hear this, you'll know who it is. It could be anyone. It could be Keith Lee. It could be Mia Yim. It could be any of the free agents that is available. Um, uh, Karrion Cross. Who knows? Any, but whatever happens, AEW just has to keep on churning. Keep on churning out content. Like what we saw this past Wednesday in Chicago at the Wintrust Arena. I could not make it. I really want to go there, but I could not get there. The snow was just tremendous uh, in Chicago. And so I, I could not get there. So I just watched it from home. I said I got tired of shoveling or or, or get tired of trying to uh, get my car out <laughs> of uh, the front of my house. And like, you know what? I'll just watch from home. I'll see AW when it comes here the next time. CM Punk against MJF. And that was the draw, right? People wanted to see this finally. And boy, they took about 45 minutes to get to tell their story. Uh, hats off to CM Punk for getting MJF over. 
It's something that CM Punk didn't have to do as a veteran wrestler. But MJF got over. He beat CM Punk twice. If you watch that match, the first part of it is where he puts Punk to sleep. The second part, obviously, is, again, through some chicanery. But MJF won in Chicago over CM Punk. And I know people. some people didn't like that. And I loved it for MJF because it extends the story. Yeah, he got the best of CM Punk, but what happens in the return? Are they going to wrestle at uh, Revolution in Orlando? Will they wrestle at another point? Uh, you know, that'll be interesting to see. But they, it was a nice buildup between these two of CM Punk and MJF, and it came to a culmination in Chicago, and MJF was able to win twice on that show. And, and by the way, I mean, 40, 45 minutes of airtime was really good for them. Because they were able to pull out all the stops, and it's a really good matchup. So good for them. That was good to see. Um, I look forward to seeing what's next for CM Punk and MJF. Because I know it just can't end right there. Um, I would just once again give AEW advice. You know, you have a ladder match here. You've got a grudge match there. Take your time. It, you know, you've got contracts with the with Turner Television. Take your time. Like, I appreciate all of these pay-per-view quality matches. And I know that from Tony Khan's standpoint, he looks at the numbers just like we all do that are in entertainment because everything is measured on what ratings that you get. I'm sure he was not happy with the final number for CM Punk against MJF and the final number for AEW Dynamite. Um, It underachieved somewhat. Uh, But point is, though, is that they're putting out good content no matter who's watching, no, no matter the demo. You know the AEW, for their audience, they have to be happy about what they're seeing because they're getting quality pay-per-view-like matches. The first time I've ever seen a DQ was in the um, Mercedes Martinez match against Thunder Rosa. It was a, actually a surprise when she pulled the pipe out. Uh, I saw these two wrestle uh, at uh, Warrior Wrestling in Tinley Park uh, in the Chicagoland area. They tore the house down. It was a semi-main to uh, a Will Ospreay main event match. And Thunder Rosa and Mar- and Martinez are very, very good. That should be a real war between those two. So that, that's really good to see. And so from AEW standpoint, hey man, you ain't got to sprint. You know, keep telling your stories and then just see what happens. I just want AEW to have quality matches uh, and for them to be able to tell stories, long-form stories to be able to build into something. We got that with uh, CM Punk as well as MJF in their matchup. Uh, by the way, I got my ticket. Uh, my ticket is punched in April. I am going to see New Japan Pro Wrestling at the Odium uh, in suburban Chicago at Villa Park, Illinois. Uh, last time I was there, I was there to see a... What, what did I see there? I remember seeing uh, a couple of shows there. Was it a TNA show? I want to say it was, I think it was the Impact Wrestling Show, yeah, because now I remember seeing Don Callis and uh, Joey, Mat, uh, Joey Matthews, forgot him now, uh, the play-by-play guy for TNA, yeah, it was the Impact Wrestling Show. I want to say that was a, a year and a half ago, maybe two two years ago, um, but yeah, so uh, I look forward to seeing New Japan Pro Wrestling in person for the first time this April 2022. That's going to be fun to watch. I'm aging before your very years, by the way, on this podcast. <laughs> but I can't remember the, the announcer's names. I can't remember the show that I was in. I know I was in the building. I swear. I swear. Because I saw Moose and stuff. So it had to be Impact Wrestling, yes, uh, when they were there. Um, 
Bound for Glory, maybe. Can't remember. Uh, but but I do remember seeing some Impact Wrestling stars there. Uh, so, yeah, so I look forward to that. New Japan, I'm going to be there. I hope that you're there, too, if you're in the Chicagoland area to see New Japan. And me, my first time seeing it should be really, really cool. Yep, just checked my pictures. Yes, October 20th, 2019, Bound for Glory, Impact Wrestling. I know I wasn't crazy. <laughs> Wait, I see him right here. It's on my iPad. Yeah, I remember this. Yep. I remember this. I'm looking at it now. Yes, Bound for Glory. I remember it. This is why I take pictures to remind myself to remember. <laughs> so, yes, that's the last time I was at the Old Newman Villa Park. All right, thank you so much for listening to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday here. Don't forget, we're brought to you by Manscaped, manscaped.com. Uh, use the promo code HOOD, H O O D, H O O D, HOOD. That is my last name. And get 20% off of your order from manscaped.com. And don't forget our merchandise. Have you been there? Go to my Instagram, IGJHood. Uh, also, Twitter, twitter.com, WrestlingTWT. Check my bio. Get your t-shirt. Get your sweatshirt. Get your koozies. You know, get your mugs, your tumblers, uh, your hoodies, whatever you need. It's right there, the merchandise for Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. I will talk to you next week. I can't wait to talk to you about other news and notes around professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. By the time we talk next time, we'll find out what's new with AEW, what's new with the WWE as we get closer to Elimination Chamber and so much more. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday from Chicago. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for listening.